don't do a lot of small goals or huge goals. Like I like to have one goal that I read on my phone or piece of paper, whatever, wherever I want to put it, it's one goal. And like everything that goes into that one goal is the body of work because that's just where I want to end up. So it's yeah. to win on the PJ Tour. Everything that I've wanted in this game uh, revolves around winning on the PJ Tour. So as long as that goal is in the front of my head, like I'm going to be doing the right things to get there. Hello, my name is Matt Bros of Lockton. In my role, I consult with employers all around the country related to their employee benefits strategy. We're in conversations all the time about how to attract the best talent and get the best out of their people. Work ethic, integrity, those are all traits of people that pursue excellence and it doesn't even stop there. From the boardroom to the storeroom, we're gonna find out what drives those people. Welcome to the excellence culture. This is gonna be an excellent adventure. Welcome to the excellence culture. Um, this is exciting stuff. I've got two up-and-coming legends, I would say, in the room here with me, and um, Pearson and Parker Cootie. Um, and uh, some of you may know who they are, some of you may not, because I know this community is, is uh, not just all golfers, right? But these are um, two of the, probably the, the most exciting up-and-coming um, guys coming to the PGA Tour next year. You guys just qualified for the PGA Tour, which is super exciting. And they happen to be twins, if you can't tell. <laughs> so um, so it's it's exciting opportunity, and they're Longhorns. Um, so we got to say that. So hook them horns. Um, but appreciate you guys joining me, and, and thanks for taking the time to do this. No, this is a lot of fun for us, and yeah, hook them always. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So I'd like to start, who's the oldest out of you two? I am. You Parker, are? If, yeah. Okay. We can, but yeah, Pearson doesn't usually like that too much. But I mean, it's not like I'm an older brother or anything. We're how many? Twins. How many minutes? Uh, thirty-four. Thirty-four or, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it's a make, lifetime. Doesn't no, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's nothing. Might as well say seconds. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So, well, I I want to kind of hear, and this is going to be really interesting because usually when I've got two people that I interview, um, they're vastly kind of different. Um, so one's got one story, one has another. Your stories are kind of intertwined. Um, so we're going to see how this goes. But I, I do want to kind of hear a little bit um, about your upbringing um, and, and really just kind of start, like, where did you guys grow up? Yeah, so um, grew up here in Plano, Dallas Metroplex. Uh, went to Plano West and then to Texas. But, yeah, growing up we were – Gosh, just doing sports, just whatever it was. It was football, basketball, baseball, and golf were kind of like our main four. And we were pretty good at football, uh, pretty good at baseball, uh, and kind of basketball was for fun during the winter and whatnot. But when we got to our freshman year of high school, uh, we kind of realized golf was most likely our best option to yeah. be in the sports world for a long time. Well, what I know, you guys, is that you're um, very athletic. And I think the game of golf has become an athletic game. When I was playing, it wasn't. So not many people think of me as an athlete. <laughs> but um, for you guys, you guys are athletes. Um, maybe, Parker, maybe you can kind of share a little bit about just some of the, you know, values that you guys kind of grew up with and, and childhood and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, I think first and foremost, we grew up going to St. Andrews, Methodist Church, right? Yeah. Plano, I mean... Luckily, our parents instilled 
that value, the Christian, yeah. just what that means for us. And yeah, so that's cool. it's, it's definitely a big part of our life. And then from that, luckily, our I feel like our parents did raise us well. I mean, yeah. taught us I've gotten respect to know Kyle others. a little bit. Yeah. Kyle's a great guy. And I mean, I truly couldn't like love our both love our parents to death. So it's they I think they raised us right. It's just what we should do, right, the rights and the wrongs. I mean, little things that hopefully now that we are out of the house, we can pass down yeah. to others or who knows, one day our kids. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. And I know, um, so a lot of people watching this don't know that your grandfather is Charles Cootie, um, who won the 71 Masters. Yep. Um, and I was kind of going back and seeing some pictures of you guys caddying. How old were you in those pictures when y'all were caddying in that par three competition? I'm pretty positive our first year was 2006, so okay. we probably would have been about six. And then what he would do is we would caddy every other year, and then on between those years, he would he kind of would just uh, yeah, it was Make a Wish Foundation. He would have a kid that loved golf, or a couple of kids that loved golf, and they would uh, do a couple holes for him, and then another Make a Wish kid. So we would alternate between years, and uh, we had some really cool. Yeah, some really cool opportunities and uh, tell the story all the time. But I think it was 2008 on the third hole. Uh, and at Augusta, those big coolers you see on all, all the uh, tee boxes and everything. And Parker and I are just kids digging in the cooler, trying to find the red Powerade <laughs> or whatever. And he makes a hole in one. And everyone just goes nuts. And we like pop our head out of a cooler and we're like, what happened? He's like, it went in and we're like, no, no, it didn't, no, it didn't. <laughs> and everyone's like, your granddad made it and all this stuff. And so, yeah, we've been incredibly fortunate just to be around the game for a long time. And then yeah. experiences like that kind of make it over the moon. Yeah. So what's your earliest memory of being at Augusta? Do you remember the first time? Or I mean, I, I mean, guess y'all were probably well, babies when, when we were there. But. When we were six, I think 2006 was our first year. Right. When we did caddy in the par three contest, yeah, and we were with Fred Couples and Lucas Glover. No, yeah. that was 2010. That was the year after Lucas won the. Okay, so that was the first year we putted then. Yeah, that's probably okay. my first memory. So yeah. when we started the hole in one, it's just kind of like a blur of like I remember that one snippet. Yeah. But our first, my first memory, like at Augusta, was what he's talking about with Lucas Glover and Fred Couples in 2010, and we got okay. to putt and do all this stuff on the greens now that we were kind of becoming our own golfers or yeah. however you want to put it we were old enough to actually play and so our granddad would let us putt on the greens for him and so that's my it sounds like his first memory also of like truly yeah. being at augusta yeah and we were fortunate where we each made whatever like a 20 to 30 footer i mean i made one on four yeah four and then Yours was on nine. Um, yeah, and I, it, both they both ended up on like Sports Center top ten, and really? stuff. yeah, cool. it was just kind of a crazy thing. We both made these thirty footers, and uh, just awesome crowd reaction and everything. They got them all, everything on Augusta's at yeah. Augusta's on camera. So yeah, uh, yeah, just awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, okay, so what we're gonna stay with Augusta a little bit. Were y'all going to Augusta basically every year? Even when you weren't caddying, or just on the years? When no, you were just the years. I mean, just the years that we caddied. So, gosh, almost 24 now. And we went through a period. We didn't go in college with our granddad. We went with the Texas golf team. Yeah. Uh, but with our granddad, we probably went in middle school and all that stuff. Maybe 
five times or so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I truly couldn't tell you exactly yeah. how many years. So. Any other favorite memories from your times of going to Augusta? I remember watching Bubba and Louis play off. We were on we were on eighteen right there, and we were able to get right on that right bunker, right on top of it, and we could see everything. And we go down there. What wait, was it? It was it was Bubba and Louis, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and obviously <coughs> tens the shot, Bubba slung around the corner, and but. You could hear the roar because we didn't want to so move on. So y'all were 18. by the green. We were on eighteen. Yeah. You could okay. hear it, and then obviously, the rest is history on ten for Bubba. But I mean, the way sound travels out there is incredible. I think that's one of yeah. the coolest things about Augusta. And so some of those memories. I mean, because we've been on eighteen green. I mean, that's just kind of what we would do Saturday, Sunday. We were there. We would camp out on eighteen green, watch the final groups come up, and. To hear the roars when someone makes an eagle or on 13 or 15 or someone sticks it close on 16, it's just crazy how the sound yeah. travels. And it's like a dome. Yeah, right. It's like and it's it, in a dome. And I, I don't think no one really realizes that till they're there and they hear that from hundreds, I mean, thousands of yards away from yeah. in your up, I mean, crazy uphill to the elevation yeah. there. And people don't realize that either. But hearing that stuff does give you chills. Yeah. And makes you want to do it too. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so um, so continuing to grow up, um, other sports were kind of competing for y'all's attention. You said at 13 you kind of focused on golf? Yeah, whatever or? year, f- going into freshman year of high school. So, yeah, 13, 14. Yeah, 13, four, probably 14. Yeah. Um, what was, for you, Pearson, what was number two sport? like? Uh, I mean, I loved, I loved football. Uh, I just, you know, all 5'9", I mean, probably wasn't going to – take yeah. it as far as I wanted to and uh and again I always knew I was better at golf but it's kind of one of those things like our parents gave us so much free reign to like okay you're gonna go to baseball practice you're gonna go to basketball practice you're gonna go to football and you're gonna go do golf on the weekend it was just like this kind of just open door of like okay yeah. you get to go choose what you want to do spend your time practicing and all that stuff and it just it just got to a point where I would, I would show up to a golf tournament I would perform a lot better than I would at a basketball game or a football game, even though I felt like I was good and would have done varsity and all that stuff for those sports also, I just was better at golf, yeah. <laughs> better at golf and given the the family history, the teaching and everything, I was just in a much better, I was, yeah, I was just in a much better place to go chase golf and uh, I guess calling 13, 14, just a little piece of wisdom was just, all right, let's go do, let's go do golf. Yeah. And it's, it's been great ever since. Well, I want to I want to ask Parker the same question. Did you have a number two, or was it football? Or mine, mine was actually baseball. It I, was. Okay. Yeah, I, I was on a baseball team with still some of our best friends, and it was one of those select teams that we traveled. And yeah. I mean, I loved it to death. And what position? I played second base and I pitched. Okay. I felt like I was good in those positions, but I was never a great hitter. Like yeah. I mean, just the golf and the baseball, it just doesn't really match yeah. that well. Yeah. And it was. But it, uh, yeah, that was no doubt my second. I mean, but kind of same thing. Said all five nine. I mean, unless things really turned around, especially with you know how baseball and golf swings, you kind of got to make a choice going. Yeah. In, and so that was same for me going into ninth grade. And it was time just to focus on golf and yeah, do that. Yeah. So was that kind of a a decision you guys solely made, or were you getting 
you know, encouragement from your parents, like, hey, it might be time to focus on. And I, I sense that there is never a whole lot of pressure from your parents, but I'm interested in hearing maybe from your parents' perspective, um, you know, was there encouragement or, or how was that? I don't, I don't, from our parents. I don't remember that for me either. I don't remember, sorry to interrupt, no, but no. I, I don't remember my dad telling me, you've got to make a decision. But I do remember my dad saying, hey, you know, right. golf golf seems to be the thing. And if you really want to do something special, you might need to get some more focus in it. I, I mean, I think that's, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. there, there wasn't like a sit down, hey guys. Yeah. I remember, let's, time, let's make a decision. Yeah. yeah, I remember getting like recruitment letters that same, like before all the rule changes and everything, like you used to be able to recruit golfers in middle school or yeah. whatever and just get their attention. I remember like stuff started showing up in eighth grade, and that's probably when our dad was like, "Hey, y'all are about to go to high school. Things are gonna get." I just remember him kind of nudging us in the right direction of like, "Hey, yeah. things are gonna get really serious. These coaches are gonna—they're gonna try and nudge you one way. Like, you should at least get down to like two sports or something like that." It was just—I don't know. It was a very—it was a very apparently well thought out just nudge in the right direction but at that age i didn't think anything of it i was like yeah you're right like i probably if i want to be the best at something i should i'm I'm, you know 14 like i don't have this huge window i should probably try and be the best i can to go play in college yeah yeah that's good well um i kind of want to get into the competition between you guys a little bit um would you you know I'm just going to blanket just ask, like, what was the competition with you guys growing up to the point that y'all were getting serious with golf? Um, was it always healthy? Was it hard at times? Um, yeah. We've, first and foremost, we've always competed. Like, yeah. in everything we've done, I mean, just quite frankly, even stupid things. Like, yeah. stuff we shouldn't <laughs> be competing in. But it's, I mean... Now looking back on it, and we still do compete. I mean, we were competing yesterday. It's it's very healthy. I mean, yeah. it pushes us both, and we're always luckily now that we both do play Merido and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we're always out there mostly together and chipping contests, just stuff like that. That's always making us better and hopefully keeping us both sharp. So yeah. when we're under the gun, it's it's there. Yeah. I mean, I I think looking on it now, it's very healthy. Yeah. Yeah, growing up, I especially, I don't think you could put us in the same room and we not find a way to compete at something, whether who can just throw the football the furthest or yeah. hit the one, or I call shots on the driving range and stuff like that. And like Parker said, just looking back on it, it's like, wow, like I, I hope that for my kids. I hope everyone kind of has that opportunity because I think we're here a big part of just how constantly competitive we were. And like you said, just going and playing casual nine holes, it's like, all right, we got to go play for something. I got, and and there's a lot of pride to beat each other, but uh, at the end of the day, it's healthy. But it's just it's made us it's made us work very diligently to just beat each other. And it's crazy that we both kind of rise through the ranks together doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's cool. I think it would be cool for people to hear. Um, I feel a lot of you know for somebody like you guys and the success that you guys are experiencing right now. A lot of that is due to probably the work that you put in in middle school and like high school, okay? Because as you know, you get asked to be on podcasts and that kind of stuff. Now you get a lot of distractions, but when you're in um, when you're in high school, 
you've got a lot more time to really practice, right? What would the day in the life of you guys be like when you were in high school, like in the summers, um, when all you've got is golf? Like, when were you guys waking up? When were you guys going to the golf course? That kind of stuff. I mean, I remember these were, he'll probably tell you the same thing. This was some of the most fun we've ever had, but it was summer golf at Glen Eagles. It was with us two and a few of our buddies that are still great friends today. We would, we would, I mean, we didn't really, I mean, we had phones, but like, it was just a common understanding. Show up there like eight to nine, somewhere in there, and we're gonna try to sneak off because Glen Eagles is booked up. So we try to sneak off. We play as many holes as we can. We would eat lunch. We would come back, and then we'd go back out for our final eighteen and play till it's dark. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many matches we finished in pitch black. I mean, just chasing golf balls like I hit it. I have no idea where that went, and it. I mean, it's it's almost like nostalgia thinking back about it. I mean. It was yeah. so much fun, but it was sun up, sun down. It's different now, isn't it? Yeah. You've got other responsibilities, yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah. Is that your same memory? Oh, yeah, same thing. It's when you said, what did your summer day look like? It's asking mom how fast can we get to the golf course. And luckily we moved uh, that same time frame going into freshman year. We moved onto the golf course where we grew up at Glen Eagles. So as soon as we did that, I mean, we woke up and it wasn't like it is now where, okay, I'm gonna check my tags, I'm gonna check my calendar, make sure I don't have anything going on before I do my next thing. It was just wake up and just go straight to the golf course as soon as my eyes opened. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, it was just it was 12, 13 hour day. It's just, yeah. I just loved it so much. And I still love it, but it's just different. It was just like the pure enjoyment of being able to, I don't know how old you are, just 12 hours with your best friends. Like, and yeah. we're all doing the same thing together. It was. There was nothing better. That's such a great thing about golf. I don't know what other sport you can say that, like, I practiced for 12 hours a day and I loved it. Yeah, I don't can know. Can you imagine practicing football for No, you hours. wouldn't be able to move the next day. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> no. you call it practice, but at that age it just feels like fun. It feels yeah. like you just went to the best trampoline park of, of all time. Yeah. Like, you're just going to play for $5 against your buddies and it's like – it's just like passing out candy. Everyone just loves it so much. You just, yeah. you just do it every single day. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. Okay, so you guys are certainly excelling in junior golf. Um, and I would assume that y'all are playing AJGA, everything, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, when did you guys – did you guys have a desire to go to college together? You want to tell that uh, story? Yeah. No, not, I mean, no, not particularly. Uh we were yet very similar in like we are today that like we played junior golf AJGA like you said legends junior tour around Texas is a good tour uh, for juniors and so we started to play well that's gosh everything just feels like golf for us uh, just accumulated and built up to this kind of freshman year point and that's when we started to get recruited and and just golf only and again playing these tours and uh, our dad once started to get recruited. Was like, I don't want y'all to make a decision together. Like, mm -hmm. don't talk about it. Uh, we're gonna do all these visits to these schools and everything, and just don't talk about. It. Keep your thoughts to yourself. And when it's time to make a decision, you know, we're gonna do it separately. And so we saw Auburn, we saw Oklahoma State, saw Texas, Baylor, a bunch of schools. Kind of just didn't want to go West Coast. Just being from Texas, wanted to stay moderately in the in the South. And so. 
it became Texas and Oklahoma State. And uh, and truthfully, I think we both would have gone to Oklahoma State if we hadn't gone to our last visit to Texas, our sophomore year. And it just went awesome. We had great seats to be the number one team in the country in basketball. And just everything just kind of, the momentum just kind of switched to Texas because of the way they treated us and some things that had happened. And uh, so our dad, we came home after that, I think, third visit from Texas. And kinda, was that visit together? Yeah, everything was together, but again, okay. like but car the decision ride. making yeah, was, yeah. He kind of talked to us individually, and so we got home. And about a week later, he goes, all right, I want you to both kind of just write down on a piece of paper where you want to go to school and don't talk of it. Don't talk to each other and just hand me the piece of paper. And we both put Texas and... Uh, once we both had kind of made our decision and handed him that whatever piece of paper that said Texas, he said, all right, well, it's time to call uh, Coach Fields and tell him. And so uh, we did all the visits together and everything, but truthfully, for about a year and a yeah. half, we really didn't talk about it at all. You both decided it was the best place for you individually. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think everybody in the world should go to Texas. So. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty, at this point pretty biased on that, too. <laughs> After the experience there, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine going yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, so... Coach Fields was my coach, too. I was in his first recruiting class at Texas. So it's kind of cool because y'all have, uh, you know, Coach Fields has just learned how to be a coach at Texas, right. you know, when, when I was there. And then now he's a legend, and he's y'all's coach. I asked Coach what I should ask you, and he said, ask him who's the most handsome. Uh. And <laughs> so, um, so you don't have to answer that. But that's all he had to say. Um, that he is a great guy. Um, I owe you know a lot to Coach Fields. How was he as a coach for you guys? I mean, he was he was everything you could ask for as yeah. far as a coach. I mean, just like any player coach relations, there's their ups and downs, yeah. and they're yeah. I mean, but he he'll do anything for you, no matter where you are, how no matter how bad it is. Like you know, he'll be there for you, which is saying a lot for a coach who's. I mean, it's just. Sorry, I'm saying this poorly, but no, you're good. No, he'll he'll do anything for you, and yeah. it's like Pearson was saying, wouldn't change anything about our experience, and yeah, especially the coaches we had. Yeah, yeah, and John Paul was one of y'all's coaches too. Yeah, he, he's a stud. John Paul's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll just reiterate that going to Texas, like Coach Fields would tell us that first, your family, like Parker said, you can do absolutely everything it can for you and then second is like you showed up to Texas because you represent the brand you represent the university and so like similar to our parents like we just didn't have a ton of rules it was like you're here at Texas I expect you to perform I expect you to kind of honor your commitment and it was just a mutual understanding of like that's what we're going to do and so yeah we had an awesome relationship awesome time yeah and one of y'all were part of the Silver Spurs right Yes, we yeah we both did both it. Were, okay. Handful of golfers, kind of. Really? Yeah. See, that wasn't allowed when I was there. Coach is softened with age. Yeah. But, but the the Silver Spurs, would you call that a fraternity? Was that a fraternity? Kind of. I, I truly don't know. It's official. It's technically organ- social organization is what it's okay listed as. But I, gotcha. I mean, it, it is made up of most yeah. guys from fraternities and okay. what they call independents who are not a part of fraternity. I mean, they're yeah. just. Regular students is not the right word because everyone's yeah. technically regular students, but they're just they're not with a fraternity. And I mean, it. There's definitely a lot more on the giving back side with Silver Spurs, which is 
I think the reason Coach yeah. Fields over time has allowed guys to do it. Because, yeah. I mean, there is the social aspect of it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, hindsight cool. would, we both had a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And was, on behalf of the Silver Spurs, was there an understanding that there's a lot of conflicts you guys might not be able to yeah. quite be as involved as maybe some other Silver Spurs? 100%. I yeah. mean, yeah. No, they yeah. were extremely understanding that. And yeah. I mean, because if they weren't, we wouldn't be able to do stuff like that. Yeah. And for them to allow us to be a part of that and, frankly, miss a handful of stuff that you probably should be at. And yeah. Really really nice on their part, at least. Yeah. All right. So, um, still in college, and we've got a good golf team, right? Um, and it's not easy to win a national championship. You guys won a national championship. And so, um, I would love to hear... Um, so for those that are listening, the national championship in golf, there's a stroke play portion, which kind of seeds the teams, right? Mm -hmm. And then after the stroke play, then the teams are seeded. Or does that seeding go based on your ranking throughout the year? No, it, it's 72 holes cut after 36. So it's 32 teams, then it's, uh, then it's 36 holes cut to 15 teams. 36 more holes cut to eight teams. And how you finish in that 18 category is your seed going into match okay. play. Okay. Um, and so what was the belief on your team that you guys could do this? It was it was really high. Uh, you were ranked like number four at the time? Yes, yeah. We. I mean, ever since we kind of showed up our freshman year, Parker and I, Cole Hammer, uh, I guess the ball just kind of got rolling for us early. Uh we just, we finished runner-up our freshman year. We lost to Stanford, uh, and we beat the Oklahoma State team that had Matt Wolf, uh, Victor Hovland, Chris Ventura. They had four out of five PJ Tour players, and then another PJ Tour player that was not even in their lineup. So that was a, arguably one of the best college teams that's like been around for a long time, and we beat them in the semifinals our freshman year. And so ever since that moment, we just kind of had this huge belief that like we were going to get it done, and then. Uh, number one team sophomore year COVID no national championship huge disappointment uh, junior year I got really sick and couldn't compete at NCAAs and the team just didn't quite push it over the edge didn't make match play uh, so senior year it just kind of felt like this it, the weight kind of got a little heavier uh, but we had this unbelievable round our final round to kind of jump to third or fourth uh, the third or fourth seed and we were kind of teetering on that around that eight number which is disappointing but it's crazy how that one round can just jump start so much momentum yeah and that's really truly what match play is it's just so much momentum you can see the guys out on the course you can just kind of feel it there's leaderboards everywhere and after that round we just we never were even i say never even close because we closed well but uh yeah we we just kind of rolled through the last two days of match play just felt like a blur and then all of a sudden we were holding the trophy but uh the belief in each other was just it was huge yeah yeah you guys both won your final match right yes yeah and you like hammered the guy <laughs> didn't you <laughs> yeah yeah my my guy struggled a little bit and i'd been playing great that we all week and yeah. yeah it was just a nice combination and like six and five yeah got to watch like a lot of golf <laughs> yeah i tell you what that was probably the worst though i mean because you, you can't control anything right like you're doing your part and you you accomplish it faster than you thought and then you yeah. have an hour and a half of watching i mean because like individual golf 
I mean, Corn Ferry PGA Tour golf, I mean, any other golf other than high school or college golf where you have teammates, doesn't, frankly, yeah. doesn't matter what anyone else does. I mean, you can only control your stuff, right? But all of a sudden, this team aspect gets thrown into an individual sport, mm -hmm. and it's pressure. It, I mean, crazy. it's a crazy yeah. different yeah. feeling. And to do my part, I was super happy. And I'll never forget walking off that 13th green. Nona Gay was walking with us, and he's like, "Hey, man, like, y'all looking pretty good. Just go get it home." And I'm like, basically, congrats. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, like, awesome. Here we go." And the next hour and a half was just painful because yeah. then we kind of slowed down Arizona State made a little push and so did you go watch it, somebody I was just did watching you? everyone I mean because okay. I was the second match out so I finished Cole was in front of me and so I stayed on 13 watched the guys come through the part three and then all of a sudden the last four or five holes all just kind of wrapped around right there and you're just living yeah. and dying with every putt but you can't have a reaction right like unless they make it but if they miss a putt they're supposed to make yeah, or you know. lose a hole I mean it's unbelievable yeah. how mental the game of golf is. Exactly. Yeah. And you didn't want to put more pressure on your teammates or Right. All you can yeah. do is be you can be the best and cheerleader you could be and hope for the best. So if you would have finished and just went and started following your brother, would that have been a good thing or a bad thing? Would you have said I could no? I was kind of in a match that I guess because I was third off. I was third and I was playing Arizona State's kinda of like their guy and so they Arizona from that area so had a just had a huge huge following and I played the Ryan Nelson and Walker Cup and stuff but like kind of COVID times there hadn't been like these huge followings and all of a sudden there's four or five hundred people watching this one group just because he's a local guy Arizona State kind of uh just he's just a big name and and so I was paired I was paired against him and uh I was two up with two to go and 17 is just drivable par four and I could tell Parker all of a sudden like it went from like 400 to like six or 700 like the whole hole just became like swarmed yeah. and it was just a pivotal part because you go to 18 anything can happen on 18 I was two up with two to go and um, yeah I luckily drove it right next to the green chipped it to three feet but that three footer was yeah it was I mean I truthfully to this day like the only putt that like I've like been like, all right, like I need to slow down. I need to like. Were you physically shaking? Like, I mean, after the putt went in for sure. Like the yeah. the adrenaline's just so much. But yeah. uh, that's what's awesome about team golf. And you hear a lot of guys even say talk about like Ryder Cup and there you feel it more in team golf because you just you put this weird expectation on yourself that like you don't want to let the other guys down. Yeah. And you don't have that individual golf even for a major or anything. You're not letting anyone down other than yourself, and you're only performing for yourself. But the team golf aspect just adds a whole nother level and it's it's just special yeah so um so we're going to kind of we're we're through college but um i want to ask you guys because we've got you know coach fields in your life you've got your dad um you've got your grandpa any other mentors or teachers or people that just first name first person that comes to mind um, somebody who's influential in your life into where you've gotten and, and how? I mean, I would say, I mean, we both work with Josh Gregory. And, okay. I mean, he's been, as far as golf. Instructor. He, yes, instructor. Yeah. He's been. Where's he at? He's at Merida for the okay. most part, but he travels 30-plus weeks on yeah. tour. So okay. he's gone 90% of the time. But, I mean, i say Josh and obviously Pearson can say his people too. But then my other swing 
instructors, Troy Denton. I mean, yeah. truthfully, when we started working together, I was pretty down on my golf game, and it's the past few years has been really good and have had a big turnaround in just the way I hit the ball. And yeah. I credit a lot of that to him. I mean, it was just, and I mean, he's also a great guy. And I mean, just yeah. like Coach Fields and Josh too, like these people do anything for you. And it's yeah. not it's not all about golf all the time. Like yeah. if if you need them outside of that, I mean, they're there and they truly mean it. Like, and you know that. So yeah. um, it can't be all about golf because no, it can golf like so much of it's a mind, right? You know, which yeah. involves life. I mean, like, I know it's our our life seems a lot like golf, but yeah, <laughs> truly have a lot of fun like outside of like with our yeah. friends when when the golf's not really involved. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you know, I mean. Truthfully, like Will's outdoors, who you know, I yeah. mean, he's been great to Pierce and I. And I mean, I hope he doesn't see this because might let it go to his head. But <laughs> he, he, um, he's he's been great. And truly, same thing as what I just said about everyone else. I mean, he he do a lot for Pierce and I, and he might give us a hard time, but he he really does mean he means well for yeah. us, and just he's given us a lot of information that hopefully we can use next year. Yeah, love it. How about you? Anybody yeah, you want to add to that? Uh, outside of golf, when we got to Austin freshman year, we were kind of trying to find like a CGF college golf group. And yeah. uh, the FCA at Texas, which is us being at UT Golf Club 30 minutes from campus and the FCA being at like 6 o'clock, the sun still not hasn't gone down yet. So they just didn't make a lot of sense. And we got set up with a guy named Austin Stockfish, who uh, he just kind of led uh, – a Bible study for us every year and he's a business guy uh, that got contacted by one of his friends was kind of leading the FCA he's like hey I have this group of golfers that uh, they want to be able to do something like can you help them and for ever since that moment for four years we met almost every week uh, to do the you know our Bible study just talk and pretty, pretty much just a two-hour dinner every every uh, week and then even after college I've stayed in contact with him a lot and He's just been, yeah, he's been awesome for me, just kind of a outside of golf resource. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so he's kind of been just a guy that's, I felt like for Parker, Cole, and I been there since we showed up to college, and uh, I still bounce ideas off him all the yeah. time. That's awesome. I actually, I was pretty involved in that FCA in Texas, too. Yeah, it's fun. a good, yeah. it's a good setup. At that time, there was maybe like 15 people right. going. I don't know what it's like. No, it's, but it's 40, easily yeah it's easily 40, 40 50. 50 really that's cool yeah uh, i mean they, most sports represented pretty much a good, yeah, yeah. It's a good mix for sure there's a lot of time restraints on the six o'clock seven o'clock window but for the sports that are free yeah i mean yeah good turnout yeah well um you know when when people leave college and people that um are as successful as you guys that are in college there's some people that have the expectation that they're going to get on tour immediately. There's some people that have the expectation that they're going to get on tour pretty quick. There's some people that have the expectation, like, I'm going to just play until I get on tour. And those people, sometimes it takes 10 years, right? You guys, it happened really fast. For you, it happened very fast. Um, and, um, and so I just kind of want to hear a little bit about that journey to the point where you guys earned your status on the PGA Tour. Um, I know you had an interesting journey with your injury and that kind of stuff. Can you kind of bring us in the fold on that? Yeah. Uh, so 
gosh, I left school 2022 uh, in June, and uh, I was given automatic status on the uh, Corn Ferry out of that PG Tour University system, finished number one in that system. So I got, whatever, eight starts on the Corn Ferry. I, I finished my second event, I finished fourth, and then I won my third event that got me to like right at that 30th number. And last year, 25 guys got a PJ Tour card, and it's this whole system, but the point is that I played those eight events, I finished 30th, didn't get my PJ Tour card, and then there's another three tournament system that you can qualify that gives you 25 more PJ Tour cards. And that system's gone, but that was last year, and uh, I had a good first event, was again right on track to get my PJ Tour card. And then the second event of that three tournament series, I, I I fractured my handmade bone and it was kind of like that's in the wrist. It, yeah, hand yeah. right here. It just took away. I mean, it takes away your ability to play. You have to have yeah. it removed. Uh, so yeah, I I did not get my PGA Tour card in that summer, and I had kind of two dream situations to get it. And then I my season ended the surgery, and I come home, had the bone removed. You know, do the whole thing. Uh, and then show up this year, 2023, in the Bahamas where the Corn Ferry starts and uh, missed the first two cuts by a mile. Just played terrible, uh, really kind of down on myself. And then all of a sudden, in my hand, still, it's still in a bad spot, but I'm playing because my season started. Like, I, I kind of have to. I'm, you don't get medical exemptions. You don't get any of the perks you do on the PGA Tour. Like, if you don't play, you don't play. And yeah. so I had to play, and I, I, I won my third event this season in Panama and I mean as soon as the putt went in four, I got four inches to win the tournament and I was already crying just because surgery's hard like you're, yeah. you're just sitting there like wondering and, and my surgery's minor compared to a lot of guys that do back stuff miss a whole yeah. year I missed about four months and but it's still there's the so the timing of it though was crazy there's so much you doubt know? I mean I would go to the range and I would just put the club in my hand and just I, I would just cry like it yeah. just it, was, it felt so foreign and you don't ever think you're going to get back there. And, yeah, to win a golf tournament, again, like that close after having surgery and then kind of get me back on pace to get my PJ Tour card was absolutely a, a dream situation. Yeah. But um, like you said, coming out of college, being at the time the number one player, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of expectation. But at the same time, like, you can channel that correctly. Like, it's absolutely, like, if you'd asked me in a, put me on a lie detector test and said, do you expect to be on the PGA Tour? I said, in those first eight events, I said, absolutely. And it's, yeah. if you said, do you expect to be on the PGA Tour after this year? I would have said, absolutely. Like, yeah. just kind of an unwavering confidence myself. But uh, I'm not going to, I guess, exude that cockiness elsewhere. I'm going to channel it in the right places, in the gym, practicing. And that way, when I do have moments, like in Panama or I won again in Missouri, I can take that self-belief that I've done the right things and I'm going to execute and uh that's kind of what I've I've been I guess highly touted as an amateur for a long time and a lot of expectation but I felt like I took it upon myself to like channel it in the right direction yeah. that it doesn't matter what anyone else is saying like if I'm doing the right work uh, I'm going to end up where I need to be yeah did you have um have you ever had a mental coach at all uh I've worked with one kind of on and off but I feel like the middle game has kind of been one of my strengths for a long yeah. time. Uh, and I just, I, yeah, so truthfully, I haven't had one in a while. Yeah. Uh, never really had one full time other than like a, okay. a conversation here or there. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, so no. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, thanks for sharing. Um, and I, you know, from an outside looking in, when you went through that injury, I remember sitting with you in the locker room or something like that, and you were trying to be really positive. You know, trying. Like, yeah, and you didn't show any weakness at all. Um, but I was like, man, that's got to be tough. But he's not seeming like it's tough at all. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but, you, yeah. yeah. You just wander in some dark yeah. places. But I mean, it, it's kind of like a fake it till you make it situation. Yeah. Like I know I'm eventually going to be healthy. I know I'm going to eventually feel good again. Yeah. You know, knock on wood, fingers crossed. Situation. But uh, if you let yourself creep into those dark times all the time and yeah. poor pitiful me yeah. situation like it's just not going to work out I, I was given the opportunity to go play a year on the corn ferry and every person around me coach and everything said you know this is the best thing for you you're gonna have a full year to become the best professional you can and then go to the pj tour yeah. prepared and so i took that to heart and uh yeah for a whole year that was my mindset every day i showed up to the golf course i'm taking this year to get prepared for the pj tour and uh, try and do it again yeah. to it's awesome it's awesome well parker tell me about your journey uh to this point after college yeah i mean on that pj tour u system i was 13th i mean okay i so that got me pj tour canada which is pj tour corn ferry and then there's the latin tour in canada there's the sa yeah. same thing there's different seasons yeah and went out to canada didn't truly get off to great start. I mean, I had to de finish 15th in my first event, miss next three cuts in a row. And I was like, I mean, pretty down on myself. Like, not really, truly not really believing myself. Like, I don't know. I mean, he had all the success, like, super early. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I don't know what changed. Came home, really worked on a few things, and go win the next event by eight shots. I was like, well, all right. Maybe I am not too bad at this sometimes. Yeah. And I mean that truly that that win was a huge stepping stone in my belief. Like, okay, I can't actually do this. And then um, went went through Corn Ferry Q School, got through second stage, and then I just had a bad final stage. Played pretty poorly. Didn't really get any start, or didn't guarantee my start. You got to finish in top forty there. Had like a hundred, I don't know, it was like hundred and eighty guys or something mm -hmm. to guarantee Corn Ferry starts. And I didn't do that, and frankly, I finished like a hundredth, and so that gets you really nothing. And yeah. I was fortunate with just playing some good college golf that I was able to get some sponsor exemptions, missed a bunch of cuts by a shot, and then the one tournament I was going well at Veritex, poor final round, finished 50th. That's really not going to get you much anyway. I sneak into the field in Alabama. Just this is probably in my head. I think this is my last opportunity. Missed the cut again by one, and that's when it's pretty it, pretty down on myself again. Like, yeah. what am I doing? I mean, because it's an awful way to think about it. But truly, at the beginning of the season, all I needed to do was make make a cut with a halfway decent finish, like a thirtieth place finish, yeah. would guarantee me at least the middle of the season. Yeah. And to not do that, because I mean, I felt like I was very capable of doing that, and. But like I said, I was thinking about it in a really poor way. And I went to Byron Nelson. I actually do, I work with a sports psychologist named okay. Neil Smith. And he had me actually write out like what I want to achieve through this golf game. And mm -hmm. I still read it all the time today. It's in the front of my notebook. And it's just like a little 
daily reminder of what I want to achieve. How how am I going to do this every day? And it it really changed law for me of my perspective. I'm not going out there to, to just to beat a certain guy. Like I'm trying to be the best I can. Mm-hmm. I can't control what he does or anyone else does. And it play had a good tournament with Byron Nelson. I mean, not a good Saturday, but I had a great Sunday where we played the we played a reverse horseshoe. And so I was in the back of the pack on the other side of the golf course. And I mean, I shot. I know I wasn't. I didn't have the pressure of the lead or anything, but I shot seven under when the leaders were playing the same exact time. When I was playing nine, Scotty was coming up eighteen too. Oh, okay, that's cool. And that gave me a lot of confidence. And I go to so I had a spot in the Colonial in a week, not next week, but the following week, so two weeks. And I'll never forget staying in that parking lot. It was my dad, caddy, agent, and myself, and we're talking. It's like, do I stay? Do I get ready for Colonial, or do I go do this Monday qualifier and try Monday for Kansas City? And I'm thinking in my head, I don't want to go back to Canada. I still have my Corn Ferry status, where if I do collect points, I'm can, I'm eligible for the reshuffle. And I go do the Monday qualifier, get it, get in two thirty, get two in the morning. I'm seven thirty, first ball in the air, make it through the qualifier, and then before I know, I finish. This is in Kansas. City. This is Kansas City, yeah. and finish fifth and that tournament and all of a sudden the rest is history and got a nice run had multiple top five finishes and then now i'm standing here with my or sitting here with my pga tour card i mean yeah it's so it's the ups and downs that have led to this point have been pretty crazy i mean just from it he's been obviously extremely successful one one right out of college and then one to start this year and i mean and then it's hard not to compare yourself, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we do everything together. I'm like, I can beat this guy. I mean, what, what the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so it's to, yeah, I'm just very happy we're both sitting here. I mean. I know. The, I know. It's cool. Yeah. And so. Well, I, you know, huge credit to you and because I could not imagine some of the mental gymnastics that's going on in your head when your brothers made it. And you want to be there. Um, you've got doubt working, all that kind of stuff. But then you get through it. Like, there's some serious strength there. And so, huge, huge credit, like, to you. Because um, I, don't, I don't know if I, well, I didn't do it. But <laughs> uh, it's hard <laughs> to, like, hard, man. it's hard to put into words, like, truly, like, <laughs> the chances of a Monday qualifier are so, as you know, yeah. golfers know Four out of 156 guys is so yeah. few spots, and then to go finish fifth and whatever it was, yeah. Looking yeah. at from the outside, looking in on his with the way he did it with only 50% of the corn fairy events left, he got in the field, finished fifth, and then run off like five more top five to get a PGA Tour cards. Like, it's so doesn't close. even seem real. It's yeah. like that's like that's what people <clears throat> tweet about. That's the dream. That's why people go Monday qualifying. It's like wow. You know, we did it two different ways, but to end up in the same spot, it's yeah. awesome. That's some good fuel going into what you're doing. Yeah, so, I'll definitely use that. Yeah. Hopefully. No, no doubt, man. Okay, so we're going to kind of wrap this up, but I want to hear um, what kind of, you know, if you were to, in a few sentences um, or a paragraph or whatever, you do whatever you want, but um, kind of explain what your mindset is going into this season um, for you guys. Um. 
Yeah, this has been a very popular question. And again, like a lot of inner confidence, like the goal for every tournament is to win. Uh, I don't do a lot of small goals or huge goals. Like I like to have one goal that I read on my phone or piece of paper, whatever, wherever I want to put it, it's one goal. And like everything that goes into that one goal is the body of work because that's just where I want to end up. So it's yeah. to win on the PJ Tour, everything that I've wanted in this game. Uh, revolves around winning on the PGA Tour. So as long as that goal is in the front of my head, like I'm going to be doing the right things to get there. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's the goal. How about you? I mean, I do like some of the little, yeah. s- I guess, stepping stones into yeah. it. I mean, but obviously main goal is to win on the PGA Tour. I mean, yeah. but one of my big things is I can't control what other people are doing around me. I yeah. mean, I can only control what I do. And I mean, and what he said is, is the he same can thing. Everybody. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Sure. But, Scotty, please don't stuff it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as long as I'm doing like what I need to do to be the best golfer I can be, I mean, and whether that ends up winning majors, winning, never winning, like so be it. But I'm going to do everything I can to at least accomplish what I see myself yeah. being able to. And, yeah. Hopefully, we're doing this 10, 15 years down the road, and we're having a similar conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, both of you guys have no reason to not believe that you're going to be playing at Augusta, right? Yeah, that's certainly. Yeah. That, that's certainly a win on PGA Tour and then playing Augusta def- definitely would be yeah. the, the second yeah. of that on that totem pole. But, again, for me, they all, come, they all kind of come together. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and I mean, you've never been short on confidence on us. I mean, yeah, and we we talked about it a little bit before, but when I was kind of in the dumps, and you're you're sitting there telling me like you're gonna do it, like you're gonna do it, and yeah. we had breakfast that one morning, and yeah, no, it was yeah, dude, do appreciate all that stuff. That's that's even in the business world, man. Like, so I I think when I was playing, my biggest weakness is that I didn't believe. Um, I have no idea what was the reason to that or anything like that. But even in the business world, like we've got, you guys have a challenge in front of you. I've got challenges in front of me. And I've got to believe, not just kind of go through the motions and do it, but I've got to get my belief there right. in front of it that I'm going to accomplish it. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a blast getting to know you guys. And I can't wait to continue to get to know you guys and watch you guys and I will be a supporter. I bet all these people watching will be a supporter. Um, so we're rooting for you, man. Um, really appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to, to sit down and welcome the excellence culture. Of course. Thanks yeah, for having us. This is awesome. Thank cool. you. Thank you, man.